I'm Gabriel Chavez. I'm Paul Schendel. Today we are reviewing 2020's Bad Boys for Life, the third installment of this franchise. Right off the bat, I think they fucked up on the title because Bad Boys for Life, the number four, would have been perfect for the fourth title. <laughs> and they really fucked up. I don't know why they decided to do it this time, but now it's Bad Boys 4 is coming up. I'm like, wow. It's a whole get... theme throughout the whole movie game. Come on. What? Man. That they just fuck up constantly? <laughs> 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 no, I mean the bad boys for life. You know they say it like a hundred times. Oh that. my god, yeah, they they really they laid it on. Remind you of what you're watching. <laughs> they really laid it on thick. And, and yeah, how many times do they start singing the song too? Yeah, no. Oh, there it is. You see that? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> First right. thing Will Smith says. Three minutes trademark. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for hanging the past couple of weeks. I know that the last couple episodes were uh, kind of downers, downer movies. We're going to start getting back into the uh, the shit of it, which is the awful fucking movies. But this also diminishes one of our segments, which is the movie dicks actual segment. Because there's no fucking fan theories <laughs> on this movie here. <laughs> it is yeah, what it is. It's, it's, it's nothing just a... going on beneath the surface there. <laughs> Absolutely not. So you aren't going to hear us talking about subtext as much or, you know, references to other movies or anything like that. It's just a movie. Well, it's self-referential. There's like a hundred different references to <laughs> the previous bad boy movies. So, yeah, you know, there you that's go. true. So right off the bat, we got to do a spoiler alert. This is a uh, podcast where we review films. We do it from a comedic angle. All we do is make fun of movies, no matter how yeah. good they are. No movie is perfect, except for yeah. the aforementioned There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. <laughs> and you said, oh, Transformers 3, you said was a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway getting back to it uh bad boys 3 is the third in the franchise came out just this year it yeah. is it's about miami detectives mike lowry and marcus Burnett must face off against a mother and son pair of drug lords who wreck vengeful havoc on their city <laughs> It's a Columbia TriStar release, so Sony, if you weren't paying attention or you didn't catch all the goddamn product placement in this fucking movie. You know, I didn't uh, I didn't catch much of that, actually, it's not, aside it's from not the Porsche. As bad. <laughs> it's not as bad as the previous Bad Boys movies or Michael Bay movies in general, but I mean, Sony is really, really like obtrusive when it comes to their releases. It's like people using Sony phones. Like, who the fuck oh, yeah. uses a Sony phone? Seriously. You watched uh, Ghostbusters 2016 yeah, there. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're pretty pervasive throughout that whole movie. Yeah, and then in this but, movie, uh, in this movie at the uh, the basketball game, when he's watching his daughter, the captain has uh, a camera wrapped around his neck, and the lanyard just happens to say Sony on the right side in the big letters, nice. and then Alpha Seven on the other side. Oh, because they came yeah. out with their new Alpha model this year. Yeah, it's pretty nice camera. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean uh... I'm not I'm not going to talk shit about Sony's products. I mean, they're they're pretty good. I've bought a lot of them over the years, but like their fucking advertising is ridiculous. <laughs> but seriously, about the Sony phone, like who the fuck uses a Sony phone? And 
everybody has a Sony phone. Never seen one in the wild, actually. In that one scene, Marcus tries to call the cops in order to report that Will Smith is getting his ass kicked, and he has to press three fucking buttons in order for it to go into emergency mode for him to call the police. I was like, okay, I know that you're showing me the features of this phone that I'm supposed to buy after I see this movie, but three fucking buttons to call 911? Like, I mean, I just type it on the fucking keypad. It's the same thing. I don't understand. Besides besides the fact. It's a, I'm going to be really offensive in this episode, so I apologize in advance, but it's a dead since 1996, Don Simpson, and not relevant since 2003, Jerry Bruckheimer production, and co-production through Overbrook Entertainment and 2.0 Entertainment. Jerry, I'm sure you guys know his name, but if you need a refresher, he did The Rock, Top Gun, Con Air, and every other goddamn slam bang action movie from the 90s. I know that you're a huge fan of Con Air. Uh, Con Air and The Rock, that's a classic. <laughs> man come on yeah you know i mean i'm not gonna talk too much shit about them because they are bad movies but they're bad in like this great way because that was acceptable during the <laughs> 90s and and now it's just not acceptable anymore i mean fucking arnold schwarzenegger isn't starring in movies anymore dolph lundgren's not a draw to the box office anymore so you can't make terrible movies without these guys and then expect people to pay attention 30 fucking years later you know what i mean i mean i just watched uh rambo last blood uh, <laughs> that is a bad movie <laughs> Movie, dude. It is so fucking bad. Even the gore didn't hold up in that movie. Yeah. I w- you know, with with Rambo, you know, like the 2008 one, his return to form, so to speak. Like that movie was violent as shit. You know, like when he jumps yeah. on the back and he blasts those guys in like water balloons. Like that's <laughs> it's it's a really fucking violent movie. And yeah. like the the new movie, it just it didn't have it. It was like Home Alone, but with John Rambo, and I just didn't understand. <laughs> but I was watching. It literally was Home Alone with John Rambo, dude. Anyways, so back to this, um, so, this flaming movie here. That's continuing right. on, it stars, you know what? Who the fuck cares, Will, dude? Will it's Smith, Will Smith man. and Martin Lawrence, but it's Martin, I'm getting too old, Lawrence. As yeah. you can tell, he's old as shit in this movie. And like Will Smith, well, he's, he's only. So Martin Lawrence is 55. <laughs> Will Smith is 51. So compared to like, you know, Stallone. Oh, yeah. No. Arnold, they're, they're young. I'm they're absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But all, all that. Still got another three or four movies out of them for this franchise. You know? No, seriously. All right. Here, run with me on this for a second. Put one of these guys as the character of Riggs in a reboot of the Lethal Weapon movies because they're oh, getting yeah. too old for this shit. And I would definitely watch that, dude. Like, no doubt. <laughs> This is this is really surprising. Is that it was written by Peter Craig, who did The Town. I don't know how he degenerated so much in order to write something like this. But Peter Craig wrote it, and he co-wrote it with Joe Carnahan, who's a, a great director that I love. I, he did a movie called Narc with Ray Liotta that's absolutely fantastic. The A-Team, which is a fun reimagining of that fucking series. And The Grey, which we were talking about the other week, that I, I still like, even though you don't like how wolves are portrayed in that movie. and it was written by this other guy named chris bremner he's a new guy who literally this is his first writing credit but he's got national treasure three on the docket for what he's writing so i wonder i wonder whose shoulders he's rubbing it just so happens that jerry bruckheimer's (laughs) producing that too it's directed by adil al uh fuck okay Adil L. Arvey and Bilal Falah uh, as Adil and Bilal. That's uh, some great pronunciation there. Yeah, I know. I fucked it up. So then, <laughs> who 
directed some bizarre film festival action darlings such as 2015's Black, the movie that really got them noticed by Hollywood producers in 2018's Gangsta. That's with an A, people. Sweet. Near as I can tell, they're Dutch directors working in Belgium, and I have no real way of knowing how to pronounce their names properly, so forgive my ignorance for not knowing how to say their names, and I really fucked it up. I already know I did. They worked outside the system to make Black, which is kind of interesting. They were completely outside of the... I mean, I don't know how big the industry is in Belgium, but like they worked outside of the Belgian film industry in order to create it. It's a fucking indie, dude. You know, like, I mean, all rights, it's an indie action movie. That apparently got them noticed because apparently it's fucking nuts. I haven't seen it. There's no way for me to see it unless I go to Belgium and dig up a DVD there. I I couldn't find it anywhere. Joe Carnahan, funny enough, was supposed to direct this movie, and I don't know why he dropped out, but these guys took over because Joe Carnahan had seen Black at some film festival in the Netherlands or some shit. He thought they were pretty dope, so he recommended them. And oddly enough, the studio went for it, which I really don't understand. The rest of the cast is all the originals from Bad Boys 2, so I guess... I guess that's great that they got non-working actors back in this movie. (laughs) In case you don't remember, it's been 17 fucking years since the previous Bad Boys movie. 17 years. Think about that for a second. Martin Lawrence was 38 bro will will smith (laughs) was 34 i mean imagine that i'm 33 right now will smith was 34 when he did bad boys 2 and now he's 51 i mean his uh his career needed a little boost here i don't uh, understand (laughs) i don't understand dude i don't understand why people feel the need to bring back another sequel that's 20 years past its predecessor. I mean, we talked about Avatar last week for a second. Same thing. I just don't care. I'm not going to go see it in theaters. You'll get my money from me at home. I'll do the rental or whatever. But really, who... Who gives a shit, honestly? Like, who, who cares? It's 124 yeah. minutes long and was produced on a budget of $90 million, it, which is actually really low for Jerry Bruckheimer. Like, he's going back to his roots, which I appreciate that he's doing the $100 million big budget action movie instead of the $300 million, <laughs> which he pissed away $250 million on The Lone Ranger, and he almost fucking sank a studio because of that movie. It opened on January 17, 2020 at 3,775 theaters and grossed $62,500,000 on a opening weekend which is pretty big for an r-rated movie actually even in today's day and age it went on to gross two r-rated not bad yeah yeah not bad but i mean hannibal made 72 million dollars in three days on its opening weekend in 2001 so i mean this is fucking 19 years later and you know the same distance between sequels that was crazy it went on to gross 204 million dollars domestically over 63 day release and 214 million dollars international bringing its total to 419 million dollars worldwide so this is kind of deceiving is that when they say a production budget of 90 million there's also that's just production advertising cost goes on top of that which is usually the same amount that they spent on the movie so this is a 180 million dollar movie that made 419 million so they doubled for they doubled their money which is great and everything but regardless Uh, Its lowest impact, funny enough, was in Ethiopia with a huge haul of $38,774 American. To give you an idea... Probably 38,000 people's like daily wages right there. Yeah. All right. I don't want to go into that. But there's there's 109 million people in ethiopia and at an average ticket cost of two dollars and 27 cents american per ticket or 178 burr b-i-r-r i guess is the name of their <laughs> yeah. uh, currency that brings total asses in the seats at 3,557 and one quarter people saw this movie in ethiopia so i mean that's uh, i don't know if that's good i don't know if that's bad <laughs> it's 
It's got a 6.6 on IMDb with 73,000 ratings, a 59 on Metacritic, and a staggering 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Seriously, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, dude. They fucking, their ratings are skewed. 77% for this pile of shit? I don't understand. (laughs) I think 77 means that enough people didn't hate it, uh, I think is uh, how... Well, this is is critics because uh, Rotten Tomatoes has the critic score and the audience score. But the critic score was 77, and I I don't understand that. Like, how the fuck? <laughs> Lastly, it's rated R for strong, bloody violence, language throughout, sexual references, and brief drug use. Yeah, they didn't get very creative with the drug use. So I was kind of no disappointed in that. You know, weren't any giant piles of cocaine like Scarface <laughs> or anything. All right. So first and foremost, I don't like this movie, but (laughs) (laughs) I I liked it more than I liked the other two, which might be saying something, but it it lacks the humor of the first one and it lacks the violence of the second one. So like while the third one, it has like, it has a better story, I'll say, like it was more engaging and I felt more engaged in the characters and I thought there were more twists and turns in this movie than the normal bad boys movies, which, you know, I mean, right off the bat, killing uh, Will Smith or pretending to kill him anyway. That, that's a pretty bold move. You know, I'll give him, yeah. you know, it, I didn't think that that was going to happen. In it. I would assume like Will Smith in his movie contracts, like he's like, cannot shoot me. I cannot be in a hospital bed for any <laughs> movie. But for this one, he, he let it slide. Cause I'm like, oh, no, I mean, important. I don't know, man. Cause you know, he did a, he, he did um what's it called? I am legend where he dies at the end of that movie. But I mean, he wasn't in a hospital bed, I guess he did fucking die. But I mean, he died in that like <laughs> fireball, which I still don't understand. It's like, he has a frag grenade and he like jumps at the window and somehow it unleashes this fireball. Like there's fucking napalm in the grenade. I, I don't know. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen that. Prefer the uh, Charlton Heston one. Yeah, the Charlton um, Heston Omega Man. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should totally check that out. It's way better than I Am Legend. And you don't have to hear people patronize fucking Bob Marley for years after that movie because the only song that I heard after that movie was fucking Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. Not that the song hadn't fucking existed for 30 years prior to the fucking movie, but whatever. I digress. <laughs> a little rant going on yeah there, I, i'm gonna be very disrespectful in this episode because i got some big <laughs> problems with will smith i'll say straight off the bat man like i i've been watching will smith you know for as long as anybody since the beginning of his career and i'll i'll say that i have been waiting for the end for a while now with him because he just keeps making worse and worse and worse movies that make less and less and less money then they do a fucking independence day sequel and they don't even bring him back because i don't know if you know about this or not paul but when they were going to do uh independence day 2 they wanted to do independence day 2 and 3 they wanted to shoot him back to back and they wanted yeah. will smith and Will Smith said that since it's two movies, he wants 50 million, his usual 25. And they told him to fuck yeah. off and they only made one movie and they didn't, you know, he burned that bridge and they're not going to bring him back to the third unless he yeah. kisses somebody's ass. But I was just like, wow, you really fucked yourself out of a payday there. So t- talk to me, talk to me about this movie. <laughs> I'm really anxious to hear what you have to say. because uh, First off, it's not a Michael Bay movie, which I think it- it's got. Michael Bay makes a a little cameo. I wasn't going to get to that for a while. (laughs) 
you know, I was entertained. Uh, I thought it was a dumb movie. <laughs> Definitely overall, a lot of the jokes were kind of bad. And, but, you know, some of, them, some of them made me laugh a little bit. And uh, the story was engaging enough to keep me going. And so, you know, that's, that's all I could ask for from a Will Smith movie, honestly. It's <laughs> a... All right, so or dumb action movie. I, I want to immediately bring this up because usually we wait for a while in the podcast in order to bring up the dumb fuck moment of the movie, right? And this movie stands out as having two really dumb fuck moments. Oh yeah, and the first one straight off the bat is the Silence of the Lambs escape from the prison. Oh, <laughs> that's what I wrote. It's right in my notes. I'm like, oh, is she Hannibal Lecter now? Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, like you know. <laughs> If you maybe consider the audience for this movie, maybe they haven't seen Silence oh of the Lambs, so it's still, it's fresh to them, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so explain something to me, straight off the bat. No guards positively ID here, and they show it as being like this frantic thing that there's blood all over the floor, and I need to get her out of there quick, but they already cleared the room, so like, it's not like they had to rush her out of there and they couldn't check her face, because, it, you know, in Silence of the Lambs, at least he peeled off the other guy's face and put it on top of his face, and it looked yeah. really fucked up, you know? like it looked like yeah. a very strong mortal wound but yeah. probably be able to tell your co-worker apart from one of the prisoners yeah absolutely minus a little blood and hair i mean all right so let's let's <laughs> let's skip past it for a second and say that yeah maybe it was a fuck up on their part but in the scene right there's like 30 people the jumper and they all start stabbing her like prison style and the goddamn emt that puts her in the fucking ambulance in order to ride with her in the back and is supposed to be treating her wounds from massive stab wounds and blood all over her didn't look at her and say hey this woman doesn't have any stab wounds this is really weird well i mean it's a mexican emt <laughs> prison i mean what can you really what? expect what are you trying to say about mexican emts dude that's, that's what i want to know <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, rewind there. I just had a Trump moment. Yeah. Uh, I apologize <laughs> to the world for that. Yeah. I think what Paul is trying to say... Yeah. I'm just saying that the Mexican prison system is probably very underfunded. <laughs> and, you know, they can't afford the best EMTs. Oh, there you go. Check for wounds. There you go. Maybe, like maybe, you're, maybe yeah. you're being a little better on it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. All right, so, I mean, the EMT doesn't even check in order to see where the blood is coming from, where he can put a fucking tourniquet on whatever is bleeding like crazy. But, you know, I mean, the fault of it all is that they should have put a fucking tourniquet on this movie from the beginning and been like, yo, like, <laughs> this is hemorrhaging some bullshit. We need to stop right away. Back up. So <laughs> They just had to keep the plot going. That's the best the writers could come up with, Gabe. <laughs> So, I mean, they could have gone into all the like case files of all the cartel people that have escaped prison in, <laughs> in the past 20 years. There's some pretty ingenious stuff that they've done to get out of prison. Yeah, yeah. They've I just know. gone with that. I know, I know. But they, yeah. they shortchanged it and they're like, fuck it, no one's ever seen this before. Yeah. So moving on, uh, I, I didn't understand. She she picks up the, the jar of ashes, right? And then we find out later, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to wait on that. But <laughs> she picks up the jar of ashes of his supposed father, her son's father, and like smashes it on the table in order to fish out this USB yeah. drive. Why does she have to smash 
the ashes all over the table? I, is, is it? I don't know. <laughs> is it just for it's drama? More dramatic that way, I guess. Yeah. And then you know, cool. so two two scenes later, two scenes later, there's a scene where he he's standing on the docks and he's like cutting open the coffins after he gets the map in order to find where all the coffins filled with money are. He cuts it open, all that money falls out, and he shoots up or he stabs up the guys, shoots that other guy, pimps his crew, and basically walks away. Right? He calls his mom yeah. on the phone. And the last line that his mom says on the phone before he hangs up is, you've spent so much time on the other side, you sound like a gringo. How fucking long between the previous scene and this scene is this supposed to occur? Because I feel like this would have been a right away thing. Not that he had been doing this for like three fucking years, digging up these coffins. And he had been in Miami that long. Not to mention like, okay, Miami, if you've never been there, is full of Cubans. He wouldn't sound like a gringo. He would sound like a fucking Cuban. His native language, which is Spanish, would start getting an inflection like everybody is hanging around, which is Cubans. But this fucking movie thought that this line was clever and they just decided to throw it in there, even though it makes no goddamn sense. It's a... <laughs> It's a line written by a white guy for a Mexican guy. By three white guys, bro. (laughs) Three white guys had to look at it. Uh, (laughs) This this movie is full of wooden dialogue, and there's a lot in this movie that I could have written down about how fucking terrible the dialogue is. But right again, another huge offense right away is uh, Mike Mike Lowry gets shot, right? He gets shot up on the street. It's this big dramatic scene. And then when they're back into the cop shit and the the, the captain says to the, the big uh, new response team, the new SWAT special duty people, he says, I want to do everything that we can in order to catch these guys. Mike is like a son to me. I was like, oh God, not that line. Like, please, not that line. <laughs> Will Smith and Joe Pontigliano are the same fucking age. So even on screen, like even though the captain has gray (laughs) hair, he's supposed to sell this line. And I'm like, what do you mean he's like a son? You're the same fucking age. Like, it's not like you're any older. You don't look any older. But besides the fact, it's... it's, Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Is he the captain in the previous... Yeah, Yeah, he's the captain in the previous one. One that, uh, yeah, just yells at them for blowing up downtown. Yeah, constantly. All right. Constantly. Well... Going back to white men not knowing what they're talking about, there's no basic understanding of Santa Muerte in this movie. They make Santa Muerte look like this like voodoo god that this woman is worshiping and it makes her evil and that that's why she's doing the shit that she's doing. She's so (laughs) hardcore. But like nobody, if you Google Santa Muerte and you read even the first fucking entry in wikipedia you will realize that it is not what they portray in the movie that it has been associated with negative shit because of the way that the cartel latches onto it but it has nothing to do with being evil or putting spirits on other people. <laughs> well, Gabe, she's part of the cartel, so she's latched onto it in the uh, way. If there, if there is a fucking cartel witch, <laughs> I want to see that shit. I want to see a movie about a cartel witch. Like, just write that as a cool. spinoff. I will watch that shit. I don't care. Yeah. Put put Selma Hayek in it. I'm there. You got my twenty bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, the death fake out between the hospital and the wedding, where Will Smith, you know, they cut to Martin Lawrence and his family like crying after Will Smith. They do that weird like Dutch alpha head tilt thing, <laughs> lying in the hospital bed, and then they cut to like yep. the dolly shot, and you got like them all crying, and then there's like this priest looking guy, and he's being very somber, and then it's like the oh, I now pronounce you man and wife. I'm like, get the fuck out. Out of here this is just bad <laughs> bad writing and bad direction like it's it pulled in my heartstrings oh my game. god i felt it did you felt it first i felt it yeah. somewhere i felt it when my <laughs> asshole was puckering how bad this show was <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, and then, you know, right away, you brought it up already, but Michael Bay makes an appearance in this scene as he introduces Mike Lowry back from the dead. And I wanted nothing more than to strangle Michael Bay <laughs> and Jerry Bruckheimer and the screenwriters because I fucking hate Michael Bay. He's such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know why they brought him back. I guess just to, just to fuck with you, Gabe. Specifically yeah, to fuck specific, with you. Specifically to me. That that one guy in New York who's from Albuquerque that's seen the other two movies, we're going to fuck with him. Just him. And put Michael yeah. Bay in this movie. Explain to me this, Paul. How does Mike Lowry afford his life? I don't know. I was wondering <laughs> that when he's like sitting on his penthouse deck and driving around in his Porsche and everything mm-hmm. like that. I'm guessing he uh, made a lot of money uh, when he was doing his undercover gig. I mean, you know? <laughs> so you get to, so he gets some character development in this movie where you learn that he, he was Are you in, talking about that exposition in deep scene? in the <laughs> in deep in the the cartel undercover, and he learned he learned how to walk and talk and act like a, a badass. Yeah, like yeah, that, you know and. Uh, so maybe he has a couple side gigs going. I don't know. He he has to be dirty, man. There's no way. He has a he had a fucking Ferrari in the previous movie and he had a Lambo and I'm trying to think about yeah. he had a Porsche in the first movie, so that's good. Well, maybe he's just uh, really good at investing, you know? Sure. Just, uh, sure. Bought some I bought some little rental properties back in the uh 90s and <laughs> well with his French with his fresh prince money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean from the previous movies, I always thought he was just like rich and he was doing it for fun. Here, you know, here's that. something that I, I think is really offensive: is that Hollywood cannot figure out, no matter what expertise is behind the camera or the writing or anything, what basic ballistics are. Right? They keep talking <laughs> about this this P90 rifle, right? That the guy uses to shoot Mike Lowry, and that they keep saying that there's custom 5.7 by 28 millimeter bullets in that thing, right? And they're subsonics, and that they have to be custom made. They don't. You can go online to any ammo realtor. <laughs> And buy yeah. a subsonic round in that fucking capacity. Yeah. You don't have to have somebody custom make it. And here's the thing: the dude yeah, later you can also load your own ammo. It's yeah. not too hard either. <laughs> <laughs> The dude later, the weapons dealer, says that he guarantees that this is going to go through anything and it's going to kill whatever, you know, is, is in front of you, right? He, he talks to the dudes about that. But it's subsonic ammo, right? Which means that it's below 1,100 feet per second. And this is me. I am not, first of all, I am not a gun owner. I will never own a gun. I was raised with guns. I'm very gun friendly. If you want to own a gun, you're welcome to it. But for me, I'll never own one because I know that I'd fucking use it and then I'd be in jail for it. <laughs> <laughs> so because i was raised around gun happy people and people that were really into guns a lot of my family's military cops whatever prison guards but me not owning a weapon and the background that i have i know that 1100 feet per second with a bullet that is that size which is 5.7 millimeters it's a 57 grain bullet right at 1100 feet per second that shit will not go through kevlar that's number one so it's not going to go through anything and number two, it's not going to go through, if you have like a thick door, like a 77 Chevy or something like that, it won't even go through that <laughs> shit because it's just not, even with a full Gabe, object, it's, it's made by that arms dealer. He knows the shit. Oh my God. Just it's, move on. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, this is just I basic mean, this, ballistic knowledge, man. Like basic. Gabe, 
they they shoot things with pistols and they explode. I mean, <laughs> how many things get shot and explode immediately thereafter in this movie? It's, oh no, man! It's it's they're magic bullets uh, that are super cool, and I I want to get some from that guy because that'd be fun, you know. So, uh, uh, <laughs> right, I'm gonna try to move past it, and I want to talk about DJ Khalid. Right, DJ Khalid is in this movie, and he has top billing in the opening credits it's his name is listed as khalid in quotes dj khalid end quote khalid so his name in the fucking opening credits is khalid dj khalid khalid not that we all don't know who dj khalid is and even peripherally you've heard some of his shitty music or heard his name mentioned or whatever but he gets top billing and he's in this one scene where he's the butcher that has the meat and like fucking Mike Lowry goes in there and hammers on his hand with a fucking tenderizer and meat tenderizer. And that guy immediately turns snitch just from getting his hand whacked around. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, 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 man, it's this guy, it's this guy. And okay, so number one, DJ, DJ Khalid wants you to believe that he's just like, tough like Miami born DJ that hung out with some unreputable characters and shit. But in the one scene that he's in in this movie, he plays a snitching bitch. <laughs> so you know what? Seriously, this is the first time I've singled out somebody specifically. <laughs> Fuck DJ Khalid. <laughs> He's a piece of shit, and I don't know why he got top billing in this fucking movie for no goddamn reason, because he's in one scene, and he's a fucking singing, snitching bitch. I, I don't get it. Uh, All right, so... <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I really enjoyed the the born again Christian uh, themes, and uh, you know that was a, <laughs> that was a lot of fun to see that. You know, uh, you, and, uh, you really enjoyed seeing Marcus pray in ch- or pray in the chapel. <laughs> Did you notice that? Well, it was fun to see how he uh, had his vows, and he's fighting against them, and uh, you know, caused problems for everyone. Yeah, until all, he all Will Smith, a giant machine gun, and Will Smith was like, "No, God put that there for you to use, man." <laughs> and immediately well, that, he betrays. That was rewarding. He immediately yeah. betrays God by do- yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get that either. He, side note, Martin Lawrence in that scene, he's sitting in the fucking chapel, right? And he's worried that his friend's going to die. And his friend is already coded three times. And it's supposed to be this, I mean, contextually, right? This is this is a comedy, buddy comedy action film, right? It's a big, dumb movie. Everybody knows it. They don't go to this movie in order to win Oscars or whatever. But he's sitting there and his friend is coded three times. This guy that he's known for 25 years and has been his partner through thick and thin. And he's crying, right? And at the beginning of the scene, he's got tears streaming down his face. And this is a continuity problem. And I'm going to bitch about this for a second. But in between his wide shot and his uh, his profile, which are, you know, like, eh, call it like 40 millimeter lenses, 50 millimeter. It's like, it's like a medium close, right? He's got tears streaming down his face, but when they go for the frontal, it's that, uh, that dolly shot. He's got these little itty bitty, like wet spots under his eyes, like not the streams that were coming down his face. Yeah. Like, you know, if those are his Just real... put those on there yeah. with an eyedropper. <laughs> yeah, if those aren't his real tears and they had to use like clove oil or something in order to make it look like he was crying, <laughs> save the emotional punch for the close-up. Everybody knows this in film school and anybody that's ever studied film knows that when you go in for the close-up, that's the emotion is in the close-up. <laughs> Not in the wide. <laughs> but you can't fucking see it and you don't give a shit. But, you know, I mean, it's it's just a side note here. It's a continuity problem. And it's also Martin yeah. Lawrence is a terrible actor. Like, straight off the bat, <laughs> he's a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's entertaining. And you know, like not not to dog on him too much, but like I'll say that my favorite part of this movie, honestly, was the opening scene. Like driving around and him feeling sick in the car and like saying that he wants to get the fuck out. Like it was this fun thing that wasn't taking itself seriously that I enjoyed from the previous movies is the moments when they're in the car. And like in the first movie, when he's saying that the Porsche isn't a car, that it's just a big dick with two seats in it. (laughs) And that they're just the balls dragging the fuck along. Like that's one of my favorite lines in that movie. There's so much of this movie where they just suck the life out of these characters like relationship. And it's not that funny and it's not that interesting. And I don't really give a shit. Yeah, Mel, it's been uh, 25 years, uh, you know. They've all gone through. They've got, like, grandkids. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the edge isn't there anymore. And yeah. They got a little soft in their, yeah. their old age. So one of my favorite parts in this movie that reminds me of how old these guys are is, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, like, the classic jumping through the air whilst firing two guns <laughs> kind of scenes in, like, Bad Boy 2. But in this one, Will Smith rolls on a dolly. I wanted to bring floor, that up. <laughs> like totally geriatric style. He's just like laying down slowly. I, 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 wanted across. To, I wanted to bring that up. Because it's like, if, if, if you aren't sure what we're talking about, we're talking about the little rolling uh, thing that you would lay on in order to get underneath a car easily. Like you slide in and out when you're working on a car. If, if anybody's ever been on one of those, you know that they don't roll well that any amount of <laughs> dust on the floor causes it to go awry and that you really have to fight in order to get that thing to fucking move properly and that you're constantly going at diagonal angles. You can't roll straight on that thing. So as soon as I saw that in that scene, <laughs> I was just like, I'm out. I will say that uh, some of the stunts that Will Smith appears to be doing look pretty impressive. Like when he's uh, running around on the rooftop and he jumps down like a level, they make a point to show his face. Yeah. And I don't know if that he actually did the stunt that or they know, just actually. CG'd his face on stunt man. That I don't know. But uh, you know, some of the stunts look pretty convincing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> other ones are, uh, yeah. Yeah. They don't look so convincing, so, but. Uh, t- talking about the ammo dealing scene, right? In that same scene, the kid who's like the son of the witch, he says, oh, this is a good song. Turn it up. And that other guy that looks like old dirty bastard that has a fucking old dirty bastard head haircut, <laughs> which really pissed me off. He turns up this song all the way and this tiny little boom box, this tiny little silver boom box fills the fucking place with loud, spacious volume that allows them to somehow cover the sound, quote unquote. Must have been a Sony boom box, dude. <laughs> like those have some serious bass. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Side note, this episode is promoted and sponsored by Sony. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) But I just, I didn't understand. Was that supposed to cover the sounds of the gunshots? Because that little boombox isn't going to cut it. And if you're expecting to believe that that's covering the sound of these gunshots, (laughs) no. it's Maybe it's just to build tension, Gabe. Sure. Show off some guy that happens to be in the cast's fucking record. I don't know. That could be it, too. (laughs) I don't understand. Okay. So I one thing that I liked about, <laughs> I did like in that scene that all those like powders were blowing around and all those different colors were flying around, like the pinks and the greens and everything like that. Like this movie is very neon and I like yeah. it a lot because it's definitely, <laughs> if you've ever been to Miami, yeah, Miami, to play around with the color scheme a lot. Miami is a neon shithole. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's just neon lights everywhere 
and people with bad accents and Florida yeah. trash. Oh, pastel paints. Yeah. They didn't have any gators though. I was kind of I know, man. In the second one, there was a gator. <laughs> Should have brought him back for the the three quote. I know, man. They they really fucked up on this movie without the ultra violence that was in the second one. Because the first one, there's like the big plane scene at the end, and like the guy, the the fucking diesel barrel explodes, and that guy gets shot out of the fucking plane at supersonic speed. <laughs> the second movie, there's like that scene where they're driving the H two through the favela, and they destroy this entire fucking villages like homes chasing after this guy not to mention the scene at the end where they're in cuba and there's like all the fucking landmines and there's people splitting open and flying all over the place <laughs> it's got a lot a lot of good like ultra violent shit in it which makes the movie entertaining and this movie it doesn't have that it doesn't have that violence it doesn't have that ridiculousness that made the first and second ones. No, no it's, uh, it's pushing the born again. You know, it, it does have a, yeah. a total bad boys moment that I'll get to later. It's near the yeah. end of it. And I really enjoyed. So going back to Will Smith's stunts, I want to talk about this for a second. Marcus goes and picks him up in the van and drives him over to the fucking spa for him to drop off his grandkid. And then they go to show up in order to see the snitch, which still doesn't have any purpose being in this movie, honestly. Like that scene could have been gone and we wouldn't have missed it. He goes to this place and he runs into the son of the witch right and they come flying out of a second story window and land on a concrete balcony two stories two stories they fall out of and they, he lands on will smith's <laughs> back and they just they don't even show any sort of semblance of pain they just keep going at it it's like okay <laughs> all right so, just a second so You're fine <laughs> so two stories you're fine three stories is death in this movie okay those are the rules <laughs> first guy falls on the van he's dead from three stories and then yeah two stories two stories you're fine okay okay Uh, yeah just so bad boys physics just so long as i understand the fucking rules that's all i wanted was they should have printed up a list of physics rules and handed it to me before i saw this movie should be in the liner notes another if you shoot anything it will explode or (laughs) completely fail Like when he shoots the uh, the car lift, the hydraulic lift, <laughs> and it just like falls Smashes that guy. straight down on that guy. Yeah, that that doesn't work like yeah, that it in real really. life. But it's bad boy physics, man. Yeah, <laughs> and then he he shoots something in the building, which they they pan right across later where the explosion came from in the shop. And there's nothing flammable on that wall. I don't know where that explosion came from. The arms dealer gets blown across the room and speared onto the fork of a fucking <laughs> forklift. <laughs> Which I don't understand. I mean, you have to be moving with some force yeah. in order for that to go through your spine because it went right yeah, through this, the middle of his body. Yeah, those forklift prongs usually aren't sharpened. I mean, they're pretty <laughs> blunt most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But this movie... I guess uh, the drug dealers like to keep their forklifts sharp. Okay. You know? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just in case. Just in case they want to use them to stab someone. <laughs> Do criminals always talk openly and with impunity about their murders on non-secure lines? They're just calling back and forth from America to Mexico on these. I mean, even if they're burner phones, like they fucking catch drug dealers all the time. Even using burner phones takes a lot more work, but they can still get them on tape saying shit. But even when they're on tape, they don't use this fucking overt dialogue as this. Like this is straight up. I told you to kill Mike Lowry last. 
this is your mom in Mexico. If you don't know my name, it's actually this. I knew Mike when we were undercover. It's got to lay it all out there, right? For you to, you know, you gotta, it's got to be a clear path for the, the general audience I mean, to follow game. Part, part of this movie is, is that it knows that it's a cartoon. And my biggest, my biggest example of that is when the body falls off the roof and smashes into the van. Will Smith stops and he says, that better be a safe or a piano, then they turn around, they see the dead guy on the roof, and it's like, oh, so this movie knows it's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> I mean, the bar is pretty low, Gabe. You don't <laughs> have to spend a lot of time coming up with witty dialogue. No, yeah. I guess not. So I there's a great actor in this movie, one truly great actor, and his name is Happy Anderson. Happy Anderson is the giant redheaded fat accountant that's like high on cocaine that they got to talk to and he's legitimately a good actor and in this movie you can see that he's just like chewing the scenery and he doesn't give a shit and he's just here for the money but it's just it's so silly and stupid and over the top and you can tell that they really went for the fucking improv on this because none of their lines make sense okay cocaine will make you do a lot of things but it will not make you say that you're going to stuff your fist up their ass like a fast food sandwich. <laughs> won't make you say something like that. I mean, I, I don't know what Maybe else. Maybe he's been mi- mixing with uh, some methamphetamine. That or, could be. You know, I mean, like th- this movie is full of Florida trash, so I wouldn't doubt that at all. <laughs> it's either that or bath salts or whatever. If you can't tell from this uh, in, in the tone of my voice, I fucking hate Florida with a passion. <laughs> yeah i don't think i'll ever go back there again either it is is a state that can just break off and float into the ocean and i wouldn't care because that state there's nothing great about it man like all the worst things (laughs) all the worst things that happen in the world happen in florida you're always reading some fucked up shit about florida man right like florida man's a big thing like just google florida man and your birthday is like one of the jokes and i did that one day i googled florida man april 9th and the top result in the news section was Florida man breaks into fast food restaurant in order to drink the used fry oil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what they're putting in the water in Florida or what you're eating on a regular basis or what, but there's, there's between, between the, cousin fucking and the bad nutrition there's some really bad shit happening in people's brains down there then you add the bath salts and the meth on top of that (laughs) and it's just uh, i i it's such a fucking horrible place and it's it's sticky and it's nasty (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i I went off a fucking deep tangent there (laughs) All right, so uh, talk to me about this. Talk to me about, there's a scene, right, uh, where they go to capture Swaylo at his fucking birthday party at the nightclub. And like Marcus says in the pre-mission briefing, he says, oh yeah, Swaylo, I know him. I used to coach him fucking basketball when he was a kid, you know, like pre-team basketball. But the next scene, when Marcus and Mike walk up to the balcony where this dude that they're trying to arrest is, and they stand right next to him. So much so that they're trying to call attention to them 
themselves right in order to like make fun of him that he's about to get arrested how did he not make marcus walking up the fucking stairs i haven't played basketball since i was in junior high (laughs) but i would remember my fucking coach if i saw him because i had to look at that sorry son of a bitch all the time and i remember him very very well but if he even walked into a bar in new york right (laughs) now i would recognize him And this guy somehow doesn't place his junior high co- I mean, maybe it's because he's Florida trash and he's probably high on methamphetamine and he just didn't see him. But I didn't understand it that. It doesn't matter. He was already uh, he already made him and he was planning his uh, his next move there. His you know? escape? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they get... They get but he, uh, he gets away, man. They, he uh, jumps down that... Uh, yeah, he jumps crane. on the truss and it falls over. <laughs> But okay, so it leads into this big chase, right? This big chase scene where they're they're driving. Waylo is on a fucking bike. Mike and Marcus stole that Jeep and they chase him down. But they, they drive into this really, really bad neighborhood and immediately this like rumble in the Bronx biker gang like shows up out of nowhere <laughs> and starts like opening fire on him with automatic weapons on this civilian's car that they had commandeered in order to chase this dude down. But they're shooting at it with automatic weapons and they somehow aren't getting through the sheet metal with these automatic weapons and all they have to do all day it's uh, it's a miracle (laughs) (laughs) so the surveillance van drives okay so i will give them credit on this one a a scene that actually made me laugh is they shoot swaylo in the head with the rubber bullet right and he goes down and he has that huge shining wealth on the side of his head and marcus looks at it and he's like i gotta do it man i gotta do it and he's like (laughs) moving his finger in and he has to touch it because it's like really disgusting and he's like choking as he's touching it I thought it was funny. I really liked that scene. (laughs) I mean, amusing for sure. Yeah. It was amusing. And I'll give them that scene. But then the fucking surveillance van, when it shows up, they shoot the surveillance van and the gas tank like explodes and lifts the thing up off the ground. But everybody standing right around it isn't hurt by this explosion. (laughs) And no one gets killed. Hundreds of bullets from 20, (laughs) 25 people shooting at each other in a a 30-foot radius can't hit shit. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't get it. They haven't been practicing. Well, there's a great moment where they're the little mini bike pair or whatever. Yeah, the, the bike with the sidecar. Yeah. And uh, the dude like drives his bike past this truck with the Mustang on the back and he just shoots it (laughs) once. And the Mustang... (laughs) magically explodes and goes flying off oh but it doesn't just go flying off paul it flies off laterally right into the (laughs) opposing lane where mike and marcus are driving and it lands in their lane you know uh, it looked good. Okay, looked so good. even even that even if physics held this up, that if you shot the gas tank, it would explode, right? So if you shoot a gas tank on the passenger side of the car, and that's the exit for the explosive material, and the explosion starts on that <laughs> side, wouldn't it fling the vehicle the opposite direction, away from the explosion? Like, you know, <laughs> Newton's third law? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's also chained to the back of the truck. It's not going to, like, yeah. suddenly pop those chains either but <laughs> it's bad boy physics man it's bad boy physics. and then there's this moment where the helicopter flies in okay number one why the fuck was that guy there i don't remember swalo like picking up the phone and saying like i didn't call anything but this helicopter <laughs> with a fold-out ladder just happens to be there with the main drug dealer that they're trying to track down on it 
He throws this fucking ladder out and Swelo like catches this thing and they start taking away with the fucking ladder. And lo and behold, Marcus cannot seem to hit fucking anything with an M60 machine. <laughs> Even though he's hitting the plane, you can see like the sparks flying out of the side of the helicopter. Immediately, if you shoot a helicopter, the rotors are pressurized, okay? That's number one. Like if you hit a blade on a helicopter, they're hollow and they're filled with gas. Like they will shatter. That thing is fucking coming down. Number two, you shoot anywhere near the base of the rotor, that's where the fucking turbine is and you'll take that shit down. Number three, you shoot it at the back, that's where the fucking gas tank is, that shit will come down. It's actually really, really bad design and all honesty but he's shooting this thing sparks are flying from all the bullets hitting and he can't seem to bring this fucking chopper down let alone hit the guy that's directly facing straight at him in the fucking does he run out of bullets or does he just no, stop no, no. shooting he, he fucks up because as he's shooting at him the drug dealer pulls up that bazooka and he shoots and that's when will smith kicks the sidecar off the fucking rocket goes right between and hits the car behind them and kills an innocent <laughs> civilian marcus goes skidding off will smith goes flying into the back of this truck that stopped and somehow he launches over the back of the semi-trailer and rolls to a stop and slams his back into the propane canisters i mean by bad boys physics that propane canister should have exploded when he touched it oh wait a second because i want to bring this up these propane canisters happen to be stacked in such a way that Mike can run up these like a fucking <laughs> ladder or a staircase in order to leap off the truck at the last second as this fucking guy is shooting at him and he can't hit this guy that's 20 feet away. And he keeps hitting the propane tank behind Mike, like literally blasting him toward the aggressor and he grabs onto the ladder <laughs> the fucking helicopter takes off and so he just shoots Swaylo in the head in order to get him out of the way and it shows how hardcore and thug this hardcore, fucking man. drug dealer is Swaylo dies falls off the ladder which means that everything that happened with his character oh, Swaylo was completely you, useless there was no reason for him to be in this movie so he's got Mike with an open shot and we've seen before that he is quick to violence this guy. He just shoots people in the head and slices their throats like no big deal. But he sits there and he waits and has this long, glassy moment with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Martin Lawrence on the ground pulling the M60 off of the sidecar and holding it Rambo style, shooting at the helicopter. But he still can't fucking take this thing down or hit it worth the shit. There's a giant hole in the side of it. It has two guys standing in it. Two fleshy meat sacks that can be hit with bullets. <laughs> but you can't hit it. I don't understand. I don't understand. Where but. would the story go if they just ended it there, man? <laughs> Come on. I mean, he could still, that's the thing though. If he killed the kid, he could still find out that it's, you know, like the, the mother in Mexico and he could go down there and they could still have the big showdown scene that they had and it would give her even more reason to want to kill him. Well, see, then it would be Martin Lawrence that actually killed his son. You can't have that. So this leads us to our second dumb fuck moment of the movie. It's the first movie that we've done thus far that doesn't have just one, but two dumb fuck moments in this movie. Mike Lowry finds out that he has a son and that the drug dealer that he's been chasing oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that blew my mind I couldn't believe it. it was impossible and he has this big moment where he's standing in the parking garage and he's crying and he unloads on Marcus about all this shit about that was previous to Bad Boys 1 on how he was in too deep and he was undercover <laughs> and he met this girl that was a witch that was the fucking wife of this drug dealer and he was her driver and he somehow banged the shit out of her and got her pregnant and then something about something <laughs> powerful <laughs> shit man 
I'm sitting there watching this performance by Will Smith and I'm just flabbergasted at how terrible he is as an actor these days. He can't act his way out of a fucking paper bag, let alone do this scene. <laughs> he just completely fucks it up. Marcus is even worse <laughs> in the scene. A lot of men uh, in those kind of machismo cultures have trouble expressing their emotions. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's a bad moment. But this leads us into the third act that Mike is feeling that this is personal now and he has to reacquaint himself with this woman. Shit just got real. Shit just got real. They didn't use that fucking line in this I movie, know, man. man. No, no. Uh, so he feels like he needs to go down to Mexico and reattach himself with his baby mama in order to be, why did you tell me I had a son that I've been shooting at for the last fucking God knows how long? So... He gets on this plane and there's a scene that's very cringeworthy where they make fun of terrorism and then they make fun of sex without a condom and then they make fun of Santa Muerte again <laughs> and they fly down to Mexico somehow without anybody in Miami PD noticing this, that he's flying down to Mexico after killing everybody that he has and the revelations that are readily available on his computer that he was using with uh, that big fucking guy, whatever the fuck his name was, that's not a killer, that he's a tech nerd, even though he's built like a fucking brick <laughs> shit house. <laughs> <laughs> He flies down to Mexico. He reattaches with this woman. But here's, here's an egregious moment for me, okay? He walks into this giant castle, right? And the drug dealing super lord, Bruja woman, walks down the stairs. And as she's walking down the stairs, if you look around, there are literally thousands of candles lit all over the place. <laughs> For this atmosphere. And this goes into Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, everything that he makes is overwrought. It's so overwrought that it's like too busy on the eye. Who the fuck lit all those candles? And how did she get them to burn just long enough for the exact <laughs> moment that he was going to walk in? She had her team of enforcers uh, when they spotted him. They, they went and lit everything and she got into her sexy dress and uh, was uh. all ready to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so how she prepped. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in this movie, Mike Lowry speaks fluent Spanish with this woman. You can understand at least conversational Spanish. But in Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2, there are scenes where people that are speaking Spanish are yakking. And Mike's like, what's he saying? What's he saying? I'm like, okay, does he speak Spanish or doesn't he? <laughs> well, I mean, it's been 15 years since the last Bad Boys and they do live in Miami. He probably picked some up but... after that whole incident. You know, I mean, he's got to figure it out at some point. He was supposed to have done all this prior to the events of Bad Boys 1. He would have had to have known Spanish to be in from the Mexican cartel during that time period. You know what I mean? Yeah, he learned it and he forgot it. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's Bush years where it's not cool to learn Spanish. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and pick it back up again. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right, all right. I'll buy that. I'll buy that for a second. Because it brings me to my next physics moment. The table. They get shot at by all these guys in the staircase. They flip a, mar <laughs> a marble and wood table on its side. And it's somehow stopping automatic rifle fire. Anybody that's ever shot a rifle knows that it can go through stone, at least an inch of stone, let alone marble, which is very brittle. Somehow this is blocking these automatic rifles from hitting them. Bad boys physics. Right 
I do like the joke, though, that's running throughout this movie about how Marcus needs to put his fucking glasses on. And they really capitalize it on in this scene where he like tries to toss the gun at him and he like completely misses, he misses it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Finally it, puts on his glasses. He's like, oh, shit, it's HD. But again, he put on his glasses previous in the movie when he was in retirement and he's sitting on the couch. He puts on his glasses in order to watch TV. So he knows how well they do. But somehow when it matters, like, like he can't see what he's shooting at. He doesn't want to put them on. I, I'm confused by character logic and here. It's uh, not as funny if he does it at some <laughs> other point in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I, th- I thought the machine gun drone was something that you were really going to latch on to. I mean, I, I've seen YouTube videos where people strap a machine gun to a drone <laughs> and it works just fine. So it was believable <laughs> enough to me, actually. Yes, but wait a second. It's a drone and he's got this reticle that he can precision aim this shit. Did he take time in order to, in the between these two scenes in order to mount the guns in exactly the right spot and then <laughs> sight line the camera so that way he could aim this fucking like a dr- like a fucking predator <laughs> missile? Yes, he did, Gabe. Yes, he did. <laughs> or he has the DJI uh, machine gun connector kit for his uh, off the shelf drone and. All you had to do is snap and go. Those Russian scorpion machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Just snap and go, man. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I hear that they're all Bluetooth these days, yeah. like scorpion Boom. machine guns coming out of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> So another Michael Bay moment, his presence is still felt in this movie, is there's this moment where they're fighting on the bottom floor and Vanessa Hudgens' character, the young girl in the group, like slides across the floor on her back in order to put a gun in this guy's stomach and shoot him like six times. <laughs> and I don't know why she had to do that. Like she could have shot him from where she was standing. Looks cool, man. Well, then there's the whole thing where the, the tech nerd guy loses the drone and then he just turns into this roided out killing machine suddenly yeah you know, because starts. he because will smith promises to pay for his fucking therapy dude oh is that what happened oh, yeah man. he says i'll pay for your therapy and then he goes in this killing machine <laughs> my favorite moment with that guy during this scene is that he runs out of bullets and he decides that he's gonna run and tackle a marble column and knock down the balcony except see by bad boys physics the guy only fell one story, so he should be able to just immediately <laughs> jump up and keep on going. See, what, what they aren't uh, saying, Paul, is that Mexicans, Mexicans are made out of very brittle bones, uh, okay. and they just that, shatter like, like crystal glass. bad boys physics? <laughs> Evidently. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I want to say that an article about this or something. I want to say in the previous movie, there's that scene with the cadavers in the van, right? And these they're driving around and they're in this high speed chase, chasing after this cadaver van that's full of cocaine. And these cadavers fly out of the vehicle and they're like scattering all over the ground as they're chasing the van. And these things, you can see that they're made out of latex rubber. They're just like bouncing all over the place. Apparently when people are close to death or at death, especially if they're Mexican, they're just made out of glass. They just shatter into a thousand <laughs> pieces and there's nothing that you can do about it uh, with with his movies logic you know he puts on it marcus puts on his hd glasses and he's got a shotgun right and he's three stories down from the roof and they're talking about shooting down the helicopter which is what i was just talking about about shooting down a fucking helicopter <laughs> So Marcus decides that he's going to shoot the pilot because that'll bring it down. And it's this, it's a funny moment. He shoots the pilot. You know, Marcus does his, oh shit, which is his catchphrase apparently. Yeah. And he somehow hits a pilot from 90 to a hundred <laughs> feet away with a shotgun through ballistic glass, which was what is on the front of a helicopter to help deal with bird strikes in the event that there's a <laughs> fucking duck or something that they hit in air. He hits this guy through the ballistic glass dealing with a shotgun from a 
100 feet away and there's this tiny little hole in the glass and this blood sprays all over and the fucking helicopter comes falling down, <laughs> goes through the stained glass, breaks out all these columns with the tail and smashes the tail rotor into the ground and explodes, right? <laughs> and it explodes with a large enough explosion that it's this huge fireball and as it's falling, these people are literally scrambling to get out of the way and it slams into the ground and it's got this huge explosion, but these people are within 10, 15 feet of the helicopter. And they're fine. And they're you fine. see the exterior of the building and the yeah. flames coming out concussion. of the windows of the building. Yeah, a fine. fucking concussion blows the windows out and the flames fly out of the windows, but these people 15 feet away are perfectly fine. Somebody got paid to write this, Paul. That's the worst part. Somebody got paid a lot of money to write this. Marcus, Marcus gets in this fight with the Bruja, right? Kicks her in the face, knocks her out. She gets knocked out cold. Next second, we see her wake up. It's this medium close over the shoulder and there's a thunderclap. Oh, shit. She's a witch. And she wakes up. She's a witch, man. Is that, is that what they're justifying it as? Because if you've ever been knocked out, being knocked out doesn't just mean that you lose consciousness for a second. It means that somebody hit you in the head so hard that your brain hit the side of your skull and reset. It is not a pleasant experience. You go completely black and then you wake up five to 10 minutes later. If it's any longer than 10 minutes, they say it's serious brain damage. 10 minutes or so later, you come to. And as you're coming to, you have this splitting he headache. Your ears are ringing like crazy and you can't see you have this snowy vision. Yeah. Your blood is rushing back to your head and your eyeballs cannot see. It's like snow and pinpointed tunnel vision and you're dizzy for hours after that. It's not very filmic at all, but... Right. <laughs> she gets knocked out and she wakes up to a thunderclap and just jumps right back up like when you get knocked out man you don't get you don't wake up for shit like somebody could slap you you know <laughs> bang pots and pans around your head you don't wake up for shit because your brain is literally resetting think of it as dropping your laptop on the ground really well, hard and the screen goes black <laughs> i think what happened was will smith for old sake pulled his punch a little bit when he hit her so he didn't he only gave her a five second knockout punch <laughs> instead of the 10 minute knockout punch you know it's because he doesn't like hitting women uh, something like uh, that, i mean yeah know? no i mean uh, i can buy that he's very chivalrous <laughs> so uh yeah it was just uh he can he can moderate the force on his punches to select <laughs> the time that they get knocked out what is this a fucking glory kill from doom you can moderate <laughs> how hard you hit something sure you can <laughs> he's probably i mean how many people has he knocked out in these movies i don't know how many i don't know yeah. i i mean he's killed more people than he's knocked out to yeah. be fair yeah he's a he's a mass murderer man i mean he's, <laughs> he's killed hundreds of people <laughs> over the course of these movies hundreds <laughs> <laughs> but somehow he's still in the Miami Dade Police Service. I, I don't understand, man. Like, I, how the yeah. fuck is that? Happening? Well, it's Florida, dude. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What are you gonna get? You're gonna get the the crock raping, meth dealing, bath salt smoking hillbilly that's drinking used fry oil. It's fucking his cousin. You're gonna get that guy in the yeah. Miami Dade Police. Well, he's Park? also rich. That you know that helps a lot too. So yeah, yeah, that does too. He might be able to sue the department for firing him or putting him in jail or something. So. His son gets shot by his mom, right? Like the mom wakes up, comes over onto the balcony with the fucking pistol and lines up in order to shoot Will Smith. And the son dives in front of his dad and gets shot. And he's stumbling and he's doing the Denzel Washington. I'm flopping all over the place because I'm dying thing. And he's stumbling and you can hear this like sucking chest wound that he just got, right? Because he got shot in the lung. And he's down for the count. Marcus goes flying over the edge from this explosion, right? 
great. And Will Smith goes diving over the edge. Wait, where's this explosion from? I, I, I don't know. There's there's, there's fire. There's fire happening behind them, <laughs> and somehow a wood in Mason Mansion has something in one of the rooms that can explode and can throw fire at them. It doesn't matter. He goes diving over the edge, and he grabs Marcus's hand, and he's sliding. And he's like, don't drop me, man. Don't drop me. And it's the dramatic, oh, there's blood all over his hands. Oh, my God, he's slipping. Oh, my God, don't drop me. And somehow, sucking chest wound Mike Lowry Jr. dives over the edge and grabs Marcus's hand in order to pull him to safety, right? It's the power of love, man. Yeah, he loves this guy that he was immediately beating the shit out of one second sooner. So they lift him up, they lift him up, and immediately after he goes back to the dizzy, oh, I'm falling over, I can't stand under my own weight shit. And he falls over, they carry him out, and he's under the, the rain, and he's like getting the fucking trauma press on. You think he's gonna die because he's right there, you know, he's at death's doorstep, knocking on heaven's door, Bob Dylan's song is going. Not really, Bob Dylan would be a way better soundtrack choice for 90% of the shit that's in this fucking movie. But besides the point, you hear Bob Dylan's knocking on heaven's door, he's right there and then it cuts to six weeks later or whatever and they're having a fucking party in the back of marcus's fucking house and everything's all good and somehow they've all gotten over their traumatic injuries and somehow everybody's okay you know what this this ending (laughs) reminds me of that scene in kiss kiss bang bang right in the ending (laughs) robert downey jr is talking about how there's just like this miracle that somebody you thought was gonna die didn't actually die and it's fucking manipulative and it's bad writing you know what fuck it bring them all back while they're at it and they start bringing back all the dead people (laughs) and abe lincoln walks through the door It's so good. But this reminded me of that. I was like, wait, th- these are some traumatic injuries. Mike got stabbed and sliced and blown up and shrapnel and he got shot. But he's fine now. He's all good now, man. Like his beard is looking fresh. You know, he's got that he's got that toasted cocoa bean black or whatever the fuck is the name of that hair dye that they put in him everything's all good and he's got the baby and of course that's the joke is that all these explosions and violence the baby is what scares mike the most and then they go into this fucking five minute scene where they're just talking and they're laughing about the bad boys theme song and then it just ends <laughs> no and, no it doesn't end man it comes oh yeah it doesn't end there's an after there's the uh, after the credit scene what is this a fucking up. marvel movie <laughs> How many fucking after credit scenes do we need? And no, then just, guess, how long has he been there? Like six weeks, something like that? And he's in this cage. It's like he's a fucking Bond villain, dude. This movie needs to make up its mind what the hell movie this is. Like he walks in and he's got, you know, you got the Silence of the Lambs reference at the beginning. You got this Bond flick shit happening at the end. This movie doesn't know what it is. It has no idea how the judicial system works or <laughs> how due process works or anything. Or how the fuck you were able to lock up a Mexican national in an American prison. How the fuck did that happen? I mean, and they maybe they extradited him to uh the united states the US? And, uh... sure in six weeks are you fucking kidding me <laughs> maybe mike just brought him back on the plane and put him in jail in miami because he's that kind of guy you know and then okay so uh, 
<laughs> is this a fucking is this a fucking Jackie Chan movie? Because that after, that second after credit scene, it's it's supposed to make you laugh before it rolls the credits. I, I kept waiting for like another outtake or something to pop up on the screen, like a fucking Jackie Chan movie. This is like, oh, is this what we're doing now? We're making fun of the movie. Okay, that's fine with me. I'll gladly stay here and laugh at what a piece of shit movie this was. I mean, for Christ's sake, they're about to release. I mean, they just moved the release date because of the coronavirus, but they're gonna release Top Gun 2 in December, right? <laughs> yep. And God, why damn, the fuck it, not, is, man? it has been 34 years, Paul, since Tom Cruise was Maverick. But for some reason, we have to have this fucking movie. They did some uh, marketing studies and people were like, oh, yeah, I'd watch another Top Gun movie. What? People What's are the- actually, I've <laughs> seen on Facebook, people are actually really excited about this Top Gun movie. I'm like, what the? F- <laughs> why? I don't know. But. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they did their marketing research. Sony did some uh, some research, and they're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, bad boys. Why not?" Will <laughs> Smith isn't fucking doing anything with his life right now, and neither is Mike Lawrence. Oh, dude! Oh my god! Let's probably talk for get a him a about- better deal than they used to carry. I want to. I want to shit talk Will Smith for a second because people are always surprised when I talk shit about Will Smith that he is a piece of shit actor and I don't understand why they're surprised and I have been standing by this for the better part of 20 years that this man is a fucking horrible actor. Okay, everyone always brings up, oh, the pursuit of happiness. Let's talk about the pursuit of happiness for a second, okay? The real life story that that is based on. He is an absolute unforgivable piece of shit, this guy. (laughs) He... Left his kid, had no no in, no interest in going back, left his son on the fucking street in the backseat of an abandoned car and just walked away from his son. Abandoned his son, abandoned his wife, went off to fucking Wall Street and made all this money. And it took her suing him for 10 fucking years in order to get any child support out of this guy. So this guy that Will Smith is humanizing into a decent person in this fucking movie and to making him look like a fucking sacrificial father and there's like the scene in the bathroom where they're locking themselves inside of the Central Park bathroom and they're crying together because people are banging on the door wanting to know what the fuck's going on. It's terrible, man. It's terrible for so many reasons and it's manipulative as shit. It is a fucking (laughs) Hallmark movie made to win Oscars and not not to mention that they completely fucked up the guy's story and made him look like a decent person and that's the most unforgivable thing is that Will Smith had the ability (laughs) to just read the fucking book that this movie is based on and been like no i can't i can't sign on to the script with him being this way like i'm not going to human especially since they used his real fucking name in the movie i can't humanize this man and make him look like he's a decent father when he's not he's a fucking horrible human being but okay so i got that the story for the the movie it's fine (laughs) I got that out of the way because that's that's the one that everybody always points to is that he's a good actor. So I knocked that shit out. I don't care. Fuck that movie for those reasons I just gave. So let's bring up his other movies. Let's talk about After Earth. A little fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) By M. Night Shyamalan Uh... of Sixth Sense fame. Who does this movie uh, set on a... a future earth that like people are all dead and like somehow Will Smith and his son still have slick haircuts. I don't know how that happens in the post-apocalypse, but Will Smith writes this fucking thing, right? He wrote this movie and he wrote it with his son and him in mind in order to play this fucking movie. Will Smith's name in the movie, his character in the movie is named Cypher Rage. Okay. Nice. And his son (laughs) is Katai Rage. (laughs) 
<sighs> this is this is names, man. This is this is one of those moments where no matter how much money somebody has, if they have an idea that sucks, you have to tell them <laughs> it sucks. Remember that scene in Entourage when when Vince gets out of uh, rehab and he wrote the script about the fucking Labrador, like saving the miners, and like everybody is just sucking him off because they're like, oh, we don't want him to think that he sucks and that he needs to go back to doing blow and he's gonna fucking go on a bender again. And everybody's stepping around it like they're gonna hurt his ego. And at the end, he's just like, you know what, man? It's fine. If it sucks, tell me it sucks. I'm not gonna go off on some bender. He has his moment of realization. And that that show, by the way, does not age well, but that's something else I'll get into. <laughs> but <laughs> Will, Smith, Will Smith somebody should have stepped in and been like this is the most god awful pile of shit that I could have ever laid my eyes on and they didn't right. here's, here's what Will Smith does he plays Will Smith and that's that's what he's good for. He's uh, charming and he can be a little funny. And that's, uh, yeah, there you go. That's it. That's so, the reason why. That's the only reason that you should hire this man. I'll, I'll go even further back about why he's a piece of shit. And that he's been <laughs> destroying his career systematically for years. Suicide Squad, Deadshot. He's fucking terrible in that yeah. movie too. <laughs> Jared Leto's well, terrible. That, uh, that movie didn't have much of a chance to begin yeah, with. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jared Leto is terrible as the Joker. And then he does a movie called Collateral Beauty, which somehow everybody that I know that has seen that movie still likes that movie, even though it's got like a 25 on Metacritic. And the reason why it has a 25 on Metacritic is because he is literally a magical black man in that movie, which is the most offensive <laughs> black man stereotype <laughs> you can have in a movie is the magical black man. Are you saying is... that uh, black men can't be magical? Only no, white men no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> Fuck white men, dude. Just... <laughs> I'm saying the magical black man, if you don't know what it is, is this character in movies that every, every white person in the movie is like, looks at them and they're like, wow, my life isn't so bad. And you have this like ignorant because you didn't go to school way of explaining things that's so charming and affecting. And I am so grateful to be white and rich. That is the fucking black, that is the magical black man stereotype. And he is exactly that in that movie. And it's unfortunate. And then his very next movie is Bright. The Netflix mm. fucking David Ayer or Oh my that is God. A jewel. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's bad. <laughs> and then next up, he's a he's in Aladdin. He plays the genie. And he's got like the first image of him is him in this blue paint. And everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Like <laughs> Not only is yeah. he not only is he crouching over without even like any semblance of like respect and shitting on Robin Williams's grave, literally shitting on it after he drank a bottle of X-Lax. It's so bad, dude. And then, you know, uh, moving forward, he's in that movie called Gemini Man, the Ang Lee piece of shit movie. And that movie is equally bad where he plays older and younger versions of himself and he fights himself in that movie and it's kind of hilarious. It's like it's one of those movies you really have to see to believe honestly because you're like wow somebody actually paid for this <laughs> i feel bad for everybody involved <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps getting worse man you know you, you talk about concussion right that's another movie that everybody talks about his critical acclaim behind concussion he got nominated for a golden globe for that movie but he didn't get the oscar nomination because he <laughs> sucks <laughs> so <laughs> 
He's in he's in concussion, and he does the worst accent that I've heard in my life. I can't remember where his accent is supposed to be from in Africa, but everybody who knows anything about accent, his accent is widely pointed to as one of the worst in the fucking business. It's so bad. That was a long tirade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you can bitch at him, but uh, I was reading that he's worth a quarter of a billion right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing pretty right, well yeah. for himself, Gabe. I, I will not, I will not, I will not refute his business sense, bro. <laughs> the fact that he can turn being a wooden, terrible actor into a quarter of a billion dollars worth of wealth. I mean, that's on top of his record contract and everything like that is like residuals from that. But I don't, I don't know anybody that's still with, listening to Will Smith music. I mean, that was like clean rap from back in the day. You know, like yeah. all his records ever do get played at is like middle school dance parties anymore. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a really long rant. I shouldn't have gone down that uh, route because Will Smith, he just, he gets me going, man. I he, haven't, I haven't seen 90% of those movies that you've mentioned. I mean, <laughs> my image of Will Smith goes back to the, you know, the mid to late nineties when he was kind of on top of his game, you know, he's got it. Are you talking about wild, wild west? Back. Oh God. Yeah. Wild <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. That's a, you know, and it's probably the beginning of, state, of the end right there. I I will immediately say that I will I will fess up and I will say that I like Men in Black and I like Enemy of the State. Those are two movies that I like with him. He's entertaining in both of them. And I, I honestly don't think that anybody but Will Smith playing that character of Jay in Men in Black would have worked. His banter with Tommy Lee Jones and the chemistry that's oh, there yeah. is undeniable. And like I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> He punched an alien in the face, bro. <laughs> a giant rubber alien with these like flailing tentacles. <laughs> he punched it in the face and said, Welcome to Earth. Probably the worst line ever written. Oh my god. No, dude, it is it's a classic. That is the defining moment of the nineties, I think, right there. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this the other day. If you had to point to a movie that was the most American film, right? The most American everything that just summarizes American movies in one movie, what would you say that that movie was? Oh, I mean, I can think Independence Day is definitely the American <laughs> movie of the yeah. 90s. <laughs> I'll still say, I will venture out and I will still say that I cannot think of a better movie to represent American over fucking abundance and stupidity in filmmaking. <laughs> than Independence Day and that it was like the biggest movie of all time at that time when it came out and it made a fuck ton of money and it's still like being viewed by people and still people seek it out on July 4th like if you look at the iTunes or like Amazon ratings like during that time period it still shoots to the top of the list <laughs> people want to hear Bill Pullman's speech I think is really what it is you know oh, we, yeah. hey, we fight for our independence gets me, uh, get, gets me aroused every time I'm yeah. sure it does <laughs> so Independence Day and Armageddon. Armageddon really does it for you with the low angles and like the American flags hanging behind everybody. No, nah, never, <laughs> never did it for me. <laughs> never liked it. Thought the asteroid was stupid. <laughs> yeah. You remember this? This is kind of unfortunate, but you remember the Deep Impact came out that same year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Deep Impact, they started filming that first. There's always this weird thing in Hollywood where someone decides to make a genre movie and then everyone, there's another studio that has to make that same movie yeah. at the yeah, same yeah. time. I don't know why that is. <laughs> like uh, like uh, Inferno and Dante's Peak at the same time yeah. too. 
yeah volcano volcano, volcano yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah jesus christ <laughs> you know i have a soft spot in my heart for dante's peak though like that moment that they're caught in the lava with the truck and somehow the f-150 is still like going through the lava <laughs> Tires are burned <laughs> off the rims. And, yeah, he's still driving. It's fine. Classic, yeah. man. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. I like Dante's Peak, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that probably just completely discredits everything that I've said about talking <laughs> shit about bad movies. Because <laughs> Dante's Peak. You can the... still enjoy a bad movie. You know, let's. Yeah, let's face it. yeah I, I have to say, though, with Bad Boys 3, I don't, I don't feel the need to ever have to go back and watch this movie ever again in my life. Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty forgettable, but I was entertained while i watched it i wasn't really bored so it had enough uh pacing and editing and everything and, <laughs> you know they did some character development <laughs> i i was gonna say that maybe for next week we would talk about the movie bloodshot with vin diesel bloodshot i haven't seen that i can't tell you enough on how bad that movie is i shut it off it's one of eight movies in my lifetime that i shut off and i have no <laughs> no intention of ever going back in order to watch it and i've seen some bad movies i sat through the room for christ's sake the fucking tommy was so pilot yeah, yeah but i will not finish bloodshot because it is that bad yeah. has adam sandler made a, a bad movie lately oh has fuck there, yeah he has dude he did he on. did like he did like six bad ones for netflix yeah, i haven't seen any of those <laughs> those are those are i watched his uh recent one uh which we call it uncut gems yeah it was a pretty badass actually i, I dug really that movie that. a lot i really did yeah. there were a lot of reasons politically why they wouldn't nominate him for the oscar for that but i <laughs> he's made one too many shitty movies that's exactly like, it man this money grabbing shit whole <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it man he's done too many really bad movies recently and it's just yeah. It's unfortunate. You know what? Actually, I would love to talk to you about this movie, Paul, and I want to get your opinion on this because we can go into po politics too, which is going to be a lot of fun. But that recent movie called The Hunt. Hunt. It, it was one of those movies that got hit with the coronavirus thing is that originally it was supposed to come out in September and then they were worried about the message behind it prior to the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. And so they decided that they were going to push it off. And when they pushed it off, they were going to push it off until March. Yeah. But word was, that there was the message and it needed some re-editing because things didn't play properly. The, the intention of the movie wasn't really there. So they sent it out in March, March 13th, just before the country shut down. So, <laughs> Goddamn bless you. <laughs> but it ended up getting taken down by the coronavirus. So they released it straight to streaming services for like rental, you know, and you can buy it yeah. too. But I, I watched it. And I have to tell you that I really enjoyed it, but it's really fucking stupid. Like it's so bad, but it, it takes pot shots at both sides, you know? And that's what I really liked yeah. about it is that it didn't have one particular message. It was just making fun of this very split and awful like political climate that we're in right now about how these yeah. people are like literally hunting each other for sport because that's <laughs> hilarious. But it's 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 fun, and I liked it a lot. I think I think that it's one that you right. might like too. Like, there's a lot to make fun of in there, but it's it's definitely not the stupidest movie that I've seen in a while. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we don't have to pick the shittiest movie either. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll have to we'll have to think about it a little bit. Let's let's Get think about let's think about that. And again, you know, if you guys ever have any recommendations on movies that you'd like for us to review or talk about you know feel free to leave a comment on our facebook or instagram or any of that shit and until next time thanks for hanging with us we'll have a surprise movie for you next week and we'll figure out what we're talking about yeah all right until then uh, 
I'm Gabriel Chavez. And I'm Paul Chandel. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Thanks again. Yeah.